0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome into
1: a Wednesday edition of Final Whistle. I'm sorry, I'm going to be completely honest for Tuesday. Uh, I was glued to my television watching the Elite Eight on the men's and women's side. So, apologize for that. But we're going to talk about everything that happened. What are the teams that are in the Final Four on the men's and women's side? We got some great matchups. One Cinderella on the men's side. And on the women's side, it pretty much held serve like how I predicted it was going to go with the four teams that push through to the final four. But most importantly, we're going to talk about Major League Baseball's opening day that takes place tomorrow. I'm going to give you my predictions for the playoffs, and I'll even give you my World Series champion. So let's first start, look at the NCAA tournament on the men's and women's side. For the women, these are going to be your final four matchups, South Carolina versus Stanford, as well as, Arizona versus UConn. I think we're all pretty much going to end up leaning towards and hoping we get Stanford versus UConn. They've been the two best teams clearly this season. Stanford actually had an issue last night against Louisville. Louisville really pushed them, and they had to rally in the second half. UConn, they might be lucky to be there technically because, in my opinion, Baylor got clearly fouled at the end there. Do Do you call it? Do you not call it? It's the issue of officials not trying to control the game at the end, control the game at the end. It's really difficult to, to take a precedent there and make that call. Did he not have the angle or did she not have the angle? We don't know. But it looks clearly on replay she was foul. She At least should have had two free throws to have a chance to potentially either tie it or even have an opportunity to win it. So UConn survives, beats Baylor. And then on the other side, Arizona clearly have been the story of the tournament, the three seed, first ever Final Four appearance that they will be taking place. So congratulations to them. The Wildcats will be the first time in the Final Four. Not much of a celebration when you get UConn. So let's see what we're going to be. We're not going to be talking about those matchups too much because we're going to focus on baseball, but. Really intriguing, Stanford's outside shooting, they sh- is that t- that's how they go. And they've struggled in games three or four times this year, and they've lost t- two of them. Last night, they got away with it. It would be unique to see how South Carolina's very effective defense, especially how dominant they were against D- uh, Texas the other night, absolutely holding Texas under 40 points throughout the entire game. So really interesting strategies there. And then I'm sorry, Arizona, I don't know how you're going to be able to beat UConn. You're going to have to shoot absolutely lights out and just hope that a couple of the UConn ladies have an off night because I think that's all it's going to really take. And I think it's going to be Stanford and UConn in the championship. We'll talk about that more a little bit on Friday. But on the men's side, we had a Cinderella story take place last night. The UCLA Bruins took down the Michigan Wolverines. I was very reluctant. I thought Michigan was going to handle business after their – actually, I didn't think Michigan was going to handle it. I had Florida State coming out of that – Alabama coming out of that section, or State versus Alabama. Florida State being Michigan, then Alabama being UCLA. Got both of those wrong. Then UCLA surprised me most of all and really took down Michigan at their own game. Yes, no Isaiah Livers. That was critical. And UCLA really pushed every button. Johnny Juzang, the Kentucky – Transfer was absolutely lights out in the first half to even give them the lead. And then they held on down the stretch. Franz Wagner had a wide open look for three at the end, airballed it. It's going to really sting how for him, how that ends up taking place there. I think on the other side that you really have to take a notice that what are we going to do at the end of the game, too? Because they got Mike Smith ended up there down, two. I think they should have went to the rim. He didn't. He pulled up for three. It was long. And that was pretty much all she wrote. Really interesting, unique to see how Michigan ended up trying to play down the stretch. Was not the way I anticipated. But UCLA holds on. True Cinderella story. On the other side, Gonzaga. Absolutely dominant. Wasn't even a contest. USC didn't even look like they belonged on the same court. They came out scared last night. And it really showed. They didn't. Know what they were doing. Gonzaga was absolutely beating to the basketball, making plays defensively. And they shot 50% from the field and they still scored 85 points. That was their second worst shooting night. And in the second half, that was one of that was Gonzaga's worst half. And yet USC made zero ground on them. Zero. So Gonzaga's absolutely unstoppable. Jalen Suggs, Julia Yayi, Andrew Nemhar, Drew Timmy. This goes on. I could keep rambling off names if I had to court Gispert. It's just ridiculous how good this team is. And I don't think anybody can touch them at the moment. And then the other two teams that advanced were Baylor and Houston. An old Southwest rival would be the rivalry would be the other matchup. Baylor Bears ended up getting some significant guard play against Arkansas. Davion Mitchell was, he, nobody could stop him getting from getting to the rim in the second in the second half. He was in foul trouble, had three personal fouls in the first half. Didn't slow him down whatsoever. Took a charge in the first couple minutes. stopped where he could have potentially gotten his fourth and be pretty much be done. Yet he stays in. Able to make every play possible. Jared Butler hit some good shots. Maceo, Maceo Teague had over 20 points. He was spectacular as well. Those three guards are absolutely dominant. And for Houston, they took care of business. Houston, ironically, is the first team to ever reach the final four with And they only played double-digit seeds. Played a 15 seed, then a 10, then an 11, and then a 12 in Oregon State. And Houston was rolling. Oregon State ended up tying that game with about five minutes left. And then sometimes, that's how it usually works in most games. The team is able to claw their way back into the game, but they're never able to get over the top. Kudos to Wayne Tinkle and Norborough State. Tinkle, you, you thought you were going to be on the hot seat. You just landed yourself an extension, most likely. So, those are the format, the four, four matchups on the men's and women's side. going to be really unique to see. We'll do a full breakdown of those later in the week. But Major League Baseball is back, everybody. It's opening day tomorrow. Going to be really unique to see how these teams are going to be set up, how they're going to look. Again, especially in spring training, a lot of these teams have only been playing seven-inning games. They haven't been going the full nine. Well, the extra two innings hurt them. I highly doubt it. But still, going to be really unique to see, and it's great to have baseball back. And Art Manfred actually came out saying that he hopes to have full full stadiums, at hopefully, in the middle of summer. Huh? Um, looking over both shelves. Are we not in a pandemic still? Hello, Rob Manfred. Hello. Absolutely a stretch, major stretch. You might get some stadiums that where the COVID restrictions are a little bit not as or less restrictive, of course. You might get some stadiums there, but you get full stadiums across the country. Come on, man. Don't be ridiculous. We're not out of the woods yet. Do we see a potential light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, but don't overdo it. All right, so let's, let's go through these teams, and I'm going to give you some predictions here of who I think is going to be advancing. Let's start off with the AL East. I don't think it's really close here. Yankees, uh, the Rays got rid of Blake Snell. The Toronto Blue Jays did get better. I don't know if they did enough. George Springer is going to start off on the injured list anyway, so they might be off to a slow start. And I think the Yankees are the clear-cut favorite. Excuse me, in the AL East. So I don't think it's really close. I like the Yankees there. I think Corey Kluber being added in just makes them that much more lethal with Garrett Cole. And then it's going to be really unique to see how they're going to be able to play. DJ LeMahieu took a new six-year contract. I think that they're going to be a real threat here in the American league. And I think they're going to be a really dominant here. AL central. You have the Indians, you have the twins, you have the white Sox. I'm rolling with Chicago. I think this is going to be a great year for the city of Chicago in baseball. Cause I think the white Sox are going to make it out of the AL. And I think actually think the Cubs are coming out of the NL too. I'll touch base on that a little bit more too. But again, you bring in Lance Land as a pitcher. Liam Hendricks, a closer for my Oakland Athletics, who he somehow let go and let another key piece go. Not going to get into that because it really hurts, but he's going to be really, he's going to be absolutely lights out in, in the bottom of the ninth for them. Jose Abreu is coming back after getting it, had it being almost an MVP award year. Um, And then, yeah, you do lose Aloy Hamilton to a torn pectoral in spring training. That'll hurt. But still, this lineup is impressive. This team is impressive. I think they're going to surprise some people. I think they're going to be the. It's going to be the first time they won the Central since 08. The West, all right. The Yale West, I think, is going to be all over. And that's why I'm going to roll with the Los Angeles angels to win the al west they're going to sneak out beat the astros i think the loss of george springer is going to hurt more than people think they're not going to have a true lead off will probably move altuve back up after his two slot but now you can't you can kind of get away with pitching around him and i think you don't know how verlander is going to return if he's going to be fully healthy i mean you do have carlos correa again um will be C. You lost Garrett Cole again in 2019. Is so I don't think the team is as strong. Yeah, Jordan Alvarez returns, but I don't know what you're going to get out of him after he had a significant injury and he's more of a DH than someone who actually plays the field. So I'm rolling with the Angels. Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon. I think Shohei otani is going to actually showcase his true ability. We've seen glimpses, especially in spring training. It's been absolutely lethal at the DH spot. And I think he's going to be, he's going to be uh, not, he's not going to be a full man rotation pitcher, but I think he's going to be a spot starter where you're going to see an opportunity for him to be able to come in, make an impact and play, and have a good spot start for the rotation. So LA angels there. I know that's a shocker, but I think this is the, the angels best shot to play some meaningful baseball this season. All right, so the wild card teams. I'm going to go one out of the AL East in the race. I think the race can still cut a, a team. None of them are, are still are on their rookie deals. You're still able to keep most of your pieces, other than Blake Snell getting traded to the Padres. I think you can still, Tyler Glasner is a stud. And you're going to really see um, an opportunity here. And a real wild card is Frank, Wander Franco, who's the number one prospect. Will he be able to will he be playing right away? Will he be playing coming up from AAA halfway through the year? But I think they still have a deep collection of arms enough to get into the postseason as a wildcard team. And then my second wild card, Houston Astros, I mentioned it all. I don't think they're gonna win the division, but I think their lineup and team is still lethal enough to make the playoffs. And I don't know what you're going to get out of Toronto and Oakland. Those are the two teams that I think we're going to be the true competitors there, or even Cleveland's going to be down without Lindor. Minnesota's kind of, eh. So I don't know what you're going to get out of those squads. So I'm going to roll with the Astros there. So I've got out of the East, the Yankees. And then the Rays is a wild card. Out of the West, I have the Angels winning the division. And then Houston as the wild card. And then the Central, I've got the White Sox. All right. The National League. Start with East. I think this is going to be the most competitive division in baseball. You're going to have the Braves. You have the Marlins who made the playoffs last year. You have the Nationals. I think the Nationals are going to be a little bit down, but I think they're very competitive. You have the New York Mets that are going to have a lot of depth this year. I think the Phillies are going to be down too, but they also have you got Bryce Harper and a couple of really good pieces. So I think the NL East is really the biggest opportunity for teams to have and be the most competitive throughout. What are we going to do there though? I like the Atlanta Braves winning the division. I know they came up short to the Dodgers and they really pushed them again. And of MVP, Freddie Freeman, Ronald Ko, Jr., Marcelo Zuna, all of them are coming back. And, again, you got Max Free, Charlie. You brought in a huge piece in Charlie Morton. I think he is going to be an absolute steal. Charlie Morton coming into Atlanta. I think he's going to make a real impact. He's got an absolute wicked of a sinker. And I think he's been discredited as a pitcher more often than not, and I don't understand why. The man is absolutely lethal in the postseason. So I think Atlanta is going to take that one down. And now Central. As I said here, I got the Chicago Cubs. I know they've lost a couple of pieces, but you still got Watt and Soto. You got Chris Bryant, you got Ke- Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo. They're still all there offensively. And Juan Soto easily should have been, I thought, was my going to be my MVP of the National League if they made any run in the postseason at all. Unfortunately, that didn't happen with the Cubs. But I think it's the, it's their division. I know the Cardinals have Nolan Arenado. I don't think it's going to be enough right now, and yet we'll see. So it'll be really intriguing to take notice of how the uh, Redbirds uh, make a move, but I like the Cubs here. I think they've got enough, and their offensive firepower is still legit. Yano West. I don't even think it's really fair. I don't even have to really say much, but you're going to go with the World Series champs, and somehow they ended up getting better. The Dodgers ended up bringing in Trevor Bauer on top of winning the championship. They didn't really lose. They didn't lose anyone either. Your rotation is going to be ridiculous. Bauer, Bueller, David Price, Tony Gosselin, uh, Ryu, if you want to move him up. Not even fair. Oh, Urias, he's been absolutely phenomenal when he was in the postseason this year. Last year, Julio Urias. I mean the list goes on, and then you got Betts, you got Seager, you got Bellinger, you got Turner, you got Muncy. Like, oh my goodness. That's ridiculous. And I don't think it's not even a conversation. Like, if the Dodgers don't somehow repeat, it makes absolutely no sense to me. It really doesn't. Like, I can't explain it. So I think the Dodgers are gonna win. But this Dodgers team had real hot take here. I think they could. They will have they will break a record and be the best team in baseball. Have the best record in 162 games. Mark it down. Hot take. Now the wild cards. We're gonna roll with the San Diego Padres. Oh, yeah, the Padres. I mean, Tatis Jr. just got his big time deal. Man, Machado's still there. You bring in you Darvish and Blake Snell into your squad. I mean. They're trying to match the Dodgers as much as possible, but I think the Dodgers is clearly so far ahead that it's so difficult for the Padres to catch up. And the Padres might be the second-best team in the National League, but they just are stuck because they have the Dodgers in their division. But I love the Padres here. I think they're going to be a real threat, and I think they actually might be the team that sneaks into the NLCS to play the Dodgers. And lastly, I'm really torn here. Do I go Cardinals or do I go Mets? The Cardinals again—they brought in Nolan Arenado. You have so many different pieces that you can utilize. I think you've reached the postseason each of the past two years. Um, they needed to address their offense, and they brought in probably one of the arguably the best third baseman in baseball, Nolan Arenado from Colorado, but I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I really think that – but I'm going to – and then the Mets. Steve Cohen, why haven't you paid Lindor yet? Go pay him this 400 mil. You have P. Alonzo. That rotation is absolutely filthy with the Grom, Sindergaard, Carrasco, Stroman, like – this team, this team is gonna kind of set. They're bringing back the black jerseys, if you, if you guys haven't seen that yet, which are absolutely fire, by the way. I might be getting one myself. But I'm going to go with my gut, go with what I know. The Cardinals always find a way. So I'm going to lean Cardinals over the New York Mets. I know the Mets are close. They're going to be right there, and they might get in. But for me, it's not this year for them. If it's next year, you can keep all your pieces together for one more year, you have a legit shot to play in the World Series. I think it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy road to start, to see how the team gels. But I think the Mets are a year away, so I'm going to lean with my gut here and go to the cardinals as the last wild card. So let's run through that again. So for the NL, we got the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Braves, with the wild cards being the Padres and the Cardinals. All right. So let's jump into the playoff scenarios. Who's gonna be in my ALCS? I think it's gonna be the Yankees. And I think it will be the Astros. Why? Because I think the Astros just know how to play in the postseason. I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll do it. I think they'll get a they'll get a nice matchup, probably get the White Sox, if I'm being completely honest, and that's a very winnable series. So I'm going to lean there. And then in the National League, again, I already said it. I think it was going to be Padres and Dodgers. I'm going to have the Dodgers and the Yankees in my World Series. And the Dodgers are going to be hanging another championship banner down in Los Angeles. I just don't think it's fair. I think the team is too deep. It's going to be really unique to see. But all in all, I think it's going to be a great Major League Baseball season. I know this was more of a quick preview. I'm going to be doing some more in-depth stuff in the next couple of weeks, more into baseball, more into The tournament. I've got some major announcements coming out potentially at the end of this week or beginning of next week. So be on your toes. We're gonna have some major guests. If you haven't seen it already, potentially, don't if you don't follow me as much, you might not know. But we got some major guests coming through on the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. So if you guys haven't already. Go follow us on Instagram, thefinalwhistle, and then go follow us on, on Facebook, Final Whistle Sports Pod, and subscribe to this YouTube channel. So please help us out. I'm doing the best I can. I'm gonna keep giving you as much quality content as possible. Hey, baseball is here, baby. It's opening day, and let's take me out to the ball game. Good night.